0: This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city.
1: What's up, people? It's me, Ramon. Welcome to the podcast that will entertain, educate, and inform you. Grab a ball and get ready for this serving of cornbread and caviar. What's up, people? It's me, King Ramon. I'm your host, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of Cornbread and Caviar, the podcast that will entertain, educate, and inform you. Thank you for joining us today for what promises to be an interesting query into political life in America today. Follow us on Instagram. Our handle is Eat Cornbread and Caviar, and feel free to email us anytime at Eat and Caviar at gmail.com. Today, I am joined by the hardest working co host, the phenomenal, never-to-be-underestimated curator of passions and sentiments, student of love, life, and Hennessy, mm-hmm. <laughs> the talented pretty boy himself, none other than...
0: Yes, everyone. It's me. Did you miss me? Did you <laughs> miss me? It is James Branton on the mic.
1: When our former co-host hears this, if she ever listens, she's going to get you for... Using her introduction, did
0: you miss me? She'll be all right.
1: <laughs> She'll be all right. I ain't worried.
0: <laughs> she,
1: y'all two can handle it between the two of you. Strong, like black women, grown women do. That's right. Yes. Just so you guys know, um, before we got on air, James was gurgling a pair <laughs> of imaginary balls in his face just yes. so we. Um, he was showing how he handles, and it looked like elephant titus. <laughs> Sized balls. He had his hands and they were like at least two feet apart. And they were some really big balls that he was gurgling his face in. So I just want to let you guys know what he was doing right before we got on air.
0: I don't have any shame in my game. We've all sucked a dick of three before. So I ain't never. You suck dick, I've sucked dick, we all suck dick. Ain't These what's are wrong, all allegations. <laughs> I have not sucked one I think I have dicks. video proof. <laughs> I don't. If you guys want to pay for it, <laughs> just send, DM me James Branch, Instagram. Wow. Um But yeah, I I definitely was. It's because you know y'all peop, y'all's King Ramon said um, something about testicles, and I did. I acted like I was, you know,
1: juggling two really
0: face big balls, face deep in some balls, and. <laughs> They in my head they smell delightful and then I kinda got aroused about it. I was excited for a moment. <laughs> wow. So this excuse me deeper. if I exercise my birth given right to this has got a lot Gargles deeper some than I
1: anticipated. The arousal, you're the sense, and all that stuff. So okay, you're welcome. I just shouldn't have took it there. I should have nope. just let it be. Mind your business. I just let you do it. I should have said mind anything. your business. It
0: happened off of Ooh, air. Let it stay wow. off of air. <laughs> I,
1: I, I I like to bring on to air. What I prefer to bring on to air. But I now learned a lesson. Yep. Wow. So this is a PG. This is a rated R <laughs> show. So um shout outs <laughs> i want to give shout out to the imaginary boss that james was just gurgling his face in but um
0: <laughs> oh yes
1: also i want to shout out uh because we're going to talk about her today kamala harris and we'll talk more about her so i'm not going to say a whole lot about her but just shout out to kamala i'm trying to be supportive yes james your i shout would out. like
0: to shout out um Anyone who voted a couple weeks back, shout out to you. Um, I know I was there. I voted. It was great good job um, voting is important yes it's very important and just shout out to everyone who does not um, is not letting the current situation deter you from wanting to vote in the presidential election and hopefully anyone that feels like they do not need to vote, hopefully you can listen to some of our prior episodes and realize that you do need to vote.
1: And voting is important. We do have a it whole is. episode educating you about it, so check back through season one. Please. Season, I, don't know if I think it's on season one, maybe, maybe season two. What
0: are you yes. doing? Adjusting myself so I'm I can get like
1: better posture. Well, sit up. I'm trying to sit up straight, too.
0: Yeah, I'm really working on it.
1: Um, yes. So, voting is very important. So, here's a random question of the day. Does Kamala really get it? Because I'm really just we're gonna get into this more deeply, but that is the random question, and maybe we should just go to the Brown Brilliance and come back to the random question because it'll lead right into the meat anyway, and we just make that all part of the meat. So, James, who is our Brown Brilliance recipient on today? So born October
0: eighth, nineteen ninety
1: five. Wait, what's this voice of Bob? Confused. Boy,
0: 1998,
1: 1998. Trying going to keep on? my energy up. Don't, oh, okay. don't come for I'm me. I'm sorry. By the way, you guys might hear the air conditioner in the background because it was moist in the room and moist in the way of my forehead began to sweat. I prefer tonight be cool and comfortable when providing crisp, <laughs> clean, okay. uh, original okay. content for you. So, thank you. if you hear the air conditioner in the background, please excuse it.
0: Thank yeah. you. Let's yeah. try this again. Take yes. two with the right voice. Born October 8th, 1995. Groovey. Herbert Randall Wright III. Also known as G. Herbo or Erbo. I honestly don't know how it's pronounced. That's his He's stage name. Weed, so it's probably Erbo. Don't come for him. I'm not. He is a young rapper from Chicago who has gained success over the years for his music and collaborations with artists such as Onika Tanya Mirage, a.k.a. Nicki Minaj, oh, Common, And Chance the Rapper. Although he has much success in his music career, I want to highlight the struggle that he had um, and has with PTSD. So at the age of nine, he actually witnessed a murder and didn't realize for over 10 years how that was still um, impacting him in his life. He actually released an, um, an, uh, an album titled PTSD and claims that his first therapy session saved his mental health. Um, Since then, he continues to see a therapist and actually launched Swervin' Through Stress, which is an organization that helps to increase access to therapists and mental health resources for young black adults and encourages therapy for the black and brown community as a whole. So, G. Herbo is our brown brilliance today because he is a young brown man who is advocating for something that a lot of people are scared to talk about, um, or Especially even experience in our for themselves, which is therapy and coming to terms with the fact that sometimes you're not okay. And even if you think you're okay, you may not be okay. Which was his case. So shout out to him. He is our Brown Brilliance Award recipient.
1: For I'm the not day. re-clapping because I clapped. You just kept talking. I'm not gonna re-clap so It's
0: clap okay. Like, so, it's okay. They can't see the you shake your
1: teeth. Come on. It's nothing negative. Just being Stop doing this dance. I hate it. You look like you look like Frankie from Grace and Frankie. That's exactly how you're acting. That's fine with me. How you stoner, you? (laughs) I (laughs) wish. (laughs) Shout out to G Herbo. 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 (laughs) be. So, I guess with today's episode, we want to answer the question, or at least figure out if we can figure out for ourselves, dude, does Kamala really get it? Jam, would you tell us a
0: little bit about Kamala, please? Who? Kamala. No, no no no. Who are you calling upon? Kamala? No 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 before that. Who are you calling upon to to talk about Kamala? Did you just mock me, first of all? <laughs> Did you mock me? I wanted you to understand the area of the conversation in which I'm trying to get you to is about Kamala. Before you said Kamala. Who before you called I, upon. Before I said Kamala. I think you said, I said Jim, Kamala. but there's nobody
1: with that name in here. No, before I said Kamala, I said Kamala again. (laughs) And then before that, I said Kamala. And before that, I said Kamala. And before that, I can't remember. So I said Kamala. Of
0: course you can't remember.
1: You said my memory's bad.
0: (laughs) Doesn't have to be. It doesn't, but you said it, so it is. Doesn't have to be. Yes, because whatever I say goes. Because I am King Ramon. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kamala. Thanks, Jim. Divide. (laughs) Parents, something at me <laughs> was born October twentieth. Shout out to the October babies. Woo woo. In nineteen sixty four, just a few years after Ramon was born, <laughs> to Shyamala Gopalin and Donald Harris, um, she is an American politician and lawyer who has served as the junior United States Senator from California since twenty seventeen. She is the presu- presumptive, presumptive Democratic Learn Vice words, Presidential. Maybe I do have problems with my eyes over here. I'm demanding. so glad that I'm having
1: you read today so we can uncover the literacy problem. Literacy is a problem. Even the 26-year-olds who will be 27 in a couple months. It's a problem. It's
0: also a problem Sound with 57-year-olds who will be out, 65 sweetie. this year.
1: Okay, I'm gonna tell moms you're talking about her age, but please sound it out. I'll off, tell sweetie. her myself. Sound it.
0: I'm out. I'm scared. I'll fade you. You would be if she come after you. <laughs> she knows where I work. So, <clears throat> born in Oakland, California, Kamala is a graduate of Howard University. And you said graduate. Wow. <laughs> no, I said graduate. You said graduate. No, I didn't. We'll play it back later. So <laughs> go, go ahead, continue. Leave me alone. I don't like being picked on. <laughs> My goodness! Don't let those germs escape through that hole in your teeth. Um, wow! <laughs> she began her career in the <laughs> see this is the problem in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office before being recruited to the San Fran District Attorney's Office and later the city of the City Attorney of San Fran's Office. In 2003, she was elected District Attorney of San Francisco. She was elected Attorney General of California in 2010 and reelected in 2014. She defeated Loretta Sanchez in the 2016 Senate election, go you, to become California's third female senator, as well as the second African American woman and the first Indian American to serve in the U.S. Senate. As a senator, she has supported health care reform federal descheduling of cannabis, a path to citizenship for undocumented immigrants, the DREAM Act, a ban on assault weapons, and progressive tax reform. She gained national attention for her pointed questioning of Trump administration officials during Senate hearings. Which was a treat
1: to see. Yes. And I was enamored with Kamala. Kamala. My cousin. Her last name is Harris. It is. Um... I was clearly, I was enamored by her, the way she got them to get. I mean, she brought them right all the way together, and I really enjoyed it. She can really read the girls. She can. However, <laughs> we'll talk about it more in a minute. Yeah. Here are her issues: racial justice and policing. As part of her plans, she uh, she called for an end of mass incarceration, uh, what cash bail, death penalty. And she wants to create, like, a national system for reviewing, uh, a national, like, review board for uh, police departments. And um, she also wants to make the attending uh, historically black college and university debt-free for students, hopefully just African-American students, and many other measures. So, uh, with that, that's great. Um, Mm -hmm. Frustrates me. I'm, I'm, I'm... Frankly, and I'm, I'm just going to say this because I'm kind of sick of it, but were you raising your hand? No, um, I'm waiting for you to say it. Oh, I, I'm kind of sick of, and I'm sorry, I'm going to sound so selfish, but I got so much student debt right now. I got debt. I'm just tired of people always giving the benefits to those who don't have education yet. I have the education. I'm still drowning in debt. So, yeah, that's great that she wants to make it debt-free for black colleges, but then it's going to make it even more... Uh, competitive to get in, which would maybe would be a good thing because then you only get the cream of the crop, but then other people who are not the cream of the crop still have a mind. They still deserve the opportunity to go to school. I guess they can still go, but they just have to pay for it. Anyway, I really think that we deserve to have some, which is a problem for me. It was something I enjoyed when I heard Elizabeth Warren talking about it, and um, I think I... Who else was talking about Elizabeth Warren, maybe Bernie, maybe Pete Buttigieg, and maybe the Andrew... <laughs> What's that, the Asian guy? I forgot. Anyway, Yang. we're talking about, yeah, Andrew Yang, trying to get rid of student debt. I think those four were talking about it. But anyway, it's very frustrating because they're always trying to give to those that who relief. have not gotten. Yeah, which I think like someone like you who don't have, who doesn't have your degree, f- degree yet and you're working on it, I do think you should have something, but it's so much out there for you already. There's nothing Whoa. for me post-graduate to say,
0: hey, let's help you reduce your debt burden. It's like, fuck you, go Whoa. pay it. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I mean, de- of course, debt relief would be absolutely amazing. However, I think wiping out debt of uh, someone who is currently in school. I think a lot of the uh, uh, maybe not a lot but of you the people. You have to finish.
1: The key should be you have to finish have to successfully finish.
0: with a certain GPA or something
1: in order to. Finish. You got to finish with at least a three point two five or something like that to get the debt elimination. If you finish anything less than that. Um, maybe 3 to 3.25, you get partial elimination. Anything below 3, nothing. So, I mean, I think that would drive... Because that would drive the fuck out of me. I'd be like, fuck this, I'm about to... Done. work hard. Yeah, to yeah. work hard, so you deserve it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, you know, but... Not
0: everyone that has student debt has a degree. That's correct.
1: Because so, if I don't complete, then what the fuck do I need to have right. paid off for? you? Go to work. Apparently, you're working, so right. you go finish paying for it yourself.
0: Right. Now, I think the problem lies in the fact that... um universities and even local colleges are just entirely too expensive. They are the expensive, place. but we shouldn't have this debt to deal with. I'm sick you of this are, shit. You, a majority of the jobs require you to have a degree. Um, the,
1: well, he says the jobs, he means the jobs that actually pay you something seriously. Yeah, that pay you well. Where you can actually get
0: a mortgage and have a house and have a life. Yes. They require you to have a degree Which I think is ridiculous because just because you have a degree does not mean you actually have retained the knowledge that you learned. Maybe you didn't learn. Maybe you paid someone to do all your work, you know? So now you just have this piece of paper and it's supposed to open doors for you when there is a lot of people who are as equally as um, qualified. Or more do, qualified. Or more qualified to do the work. And ultimately, when you get to a job, they're going to teach you what they want you to do anyways. Correct. Because my degree <laughs> in psychology has nothing to do with a lot
1: of the things I've done. The only thing it is applicable in is managing people, which I've done for the last 15 years. So, yeah, you know, that's something I still learned on the job. So yeah. I just added some pieces to it. But I think the degree, whether you cheated your way through or you made it through the, the legit way, I guess it just says to the companies, and it says to me even, that you have the ability to stick to something and you have the ability to get through it and you're intelligent enough to get through it, whether you cheated your way through it or made it through. Let's see. To me, it just says something.
0: I mean, if you actually worked hard for it, yes, but if you didn't work hard for it, then no. And there's no way to prove that. So, right.
1: And the only thing you think, of well, this bitch is smart as fuck to get through this shit and have right. cheated her or his way, so they, now, need, they deserve a certain degrees, Like a medical degree. You don't want to cheat your way through that. No. You just Not don't. That. Nursing, medical, whatever. Right. You don't, no. you don't want to treat your way engineering. You don't want to cheat your way. That's serious, no,
0: very serious.
1: So anyway, that's Kamala on racial justice and policing healthcare. She wants to. At first, I was when I was researching. I thought maybe she wanted to get rid of private. Healthcare, I think, would not be a bad idea. I think we can make the healthcare system more communist, where it actually covers shit. And I don't know who, I guess the government subsidizes. I don't really know how this shit works, to be quite honest with you. Nope. And I can research (laughs) it. I will research it. But right now, just to tell you, I'm not sure how this whole Medicare thing works. I mean, this whole healthcare thing works. If they were to take away the private health insurance, they would get rid of a lot of companies. um, Some of which have participated in the slave trade, a.e. Aetna. Um And it will cause the government to put in place a i guess a communistic type of health care plan, which uh I think that particular thing will be fun uh for everybody to have health care so anyway, but Kamala she wants to she wants everybody to be able to get Medicare and then it'll allow people to choose their private plans modeled on Medicare advantage. I'm not sure how that differs from Obamacare, but it seems like it's similar. Don't know. It's all very confusing. Again, every, everything is out there. We can read about it, but not right now. No. Mm-hmm. On the matter of abortion, she is pro-choice. On the matter of gun control, she wants to regulate gun manufacturers and put in place more stringent background checks. Um, she wants to control the guns. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a real problem with getting rid of abolishing fucking, what is it, Amendment 2, uh, right to bear arms. Fuck that. Right to bear arms. To get rid of that shit, whatever. LGBT rights, she's for it. But I guess for me, um, and this is a pretty short podcast. It's not going to go on for that long today because we just want to talk about, excuse me, with the issues I just described and with the background that she has being Indian American. Her dad was blackish, uh, but I don't <laughs> think that his dad had, I don't think her dad had the American black experience because he came from Jamaica. He came from
0: Jamaica. Right, so and her mom was born in India. In India,
1: right? So does she really understand and does she really get it? Is her is her giving help to Black America? And again, it's just not about Black America. I understand that because it's about all the constituencies, it's about everybody. I understand the whole population in the United States, but we're dealing specifically with the African American community. Does she really understand enough to really be able to help and really put in place some things to help? African-Americans, given that she didn't have a real black experience. Kind of like President Barack Obama. He did not have a real black experience. Because when I say black, that's very specific to, because we talk about it all the time, we talked about it in one of the episodes previously, black has a negative connotation. Blacks are blacks in America. It's negative. It's bad. That's why I don't like to refer to black people as black. I like to say brown. But when you say black, that specifically denotes the, the group of people who are brown-skinned and African descendant in America. So President Obama, Barack Obama did not have a black experience, and it doesn't sound like Kamala had a black experience either. Her parents were educated, and it didn't sound like she had a black experience. And a typical black experience, and I'm not saying that we don't, we have, don't have other experiences, but by and large, our black experience in the United States is one of an impoverished lifestyle, one of uh, underachiever, underachieving lifestyle one of low income or high debt like myself high debt you know so um does she have that experience and does she require that experience to really be able to support the african-american community she's identifying as black because i guess her dad was black ish because he was from jamaica so he's not really black he's a brown-skinned jamaican man from the you know atlantic ocean but however you want to describe it what do we think does she have what it takes to fucking be the vice president of the United States and really make some change for African-Americans. Now I think that Joe Biden has his I- ideals about what he wants to do right. as a president. So I don't know if her agenda will be something that gets pushed by the wayside. And I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of Joe. He was not, he would not have been the one I chose. I'm sick of mm-hmm. old white dudes getting in there. We need some, I'll take a Pete Buttigieg. I'll take, you know what I'm saying? I'll take a Andrew Yang, somebody that's younger yeah. who has more progressive policies who understands better was better for all of America and not just cater to that older upper crust of America. Right. So, anyway, what do you think about Kamala?
0: I say yes. And the reason I say yes... Whacker. <laughs> I don't think... I'm not 100% sure where her experience was growing up. Just, you know, she is outwardly... To the world, Gay? a black woman, oh. lighter skinned, but still a black woman.
1: And colorism is a whole different conversation. And,
0: yep, colorism
1: is a whole different
0: conversation. So she
1: was darker skinned like Keisha Lance Bottoms or the other lady.
0: I don't believe she'd be where she currently is. Correct. They, they, no I Sade. Get, they didn't get where they are. So. Right. They
1: didn't get, so, they didn't get the, the, the nomination, but anyway.
0: Right, so she is more representative of the Jezebel. Because she's fair-skinned. She's slimmer. Her features don't. Oh. Her features don't. The different designations um, we had that we found yes. out
1: from our last episode about um, the blacks. Stereotypes. Black, stereotypes of black folks. Yeah. yeah. A, the Jezebel. Yeah. Her outwardly
0: features don't um, look that of the Mammy or Aunt Jemima. She looks more like the Jezebel, which was more um, more white people accepted, which, I mean... They it's like Barack it.
1: Obama. He was fair fairer He was accepted. Right. I don't know how an African-American, a
0: darker-skinned African-American would have gotten into
1: office. And just to point out, not to cut you off, but jump right back in when I say this. Uh, Barack Obama, Hawaii. Parent, mother was white. Dad was black. From Africa. Kamala. Dad's from Jamaica. Mom's from India. Neither of them had the black experience. They're both fairer skinned.
0: So... I I don't think that she needed to have or needs to have a black experience to properly help people while in office. I do think it requires an open ear and her basically her just listening to the people, which is what any pol- representative should do. They should listen to the communities not just go to one area in Michigan. Don't just go to Ann Arbor, you know, down Wash and all. And, you know, go over into the school where all the big houses are and the winding roads. Go into the
1: poorest areas.
0: Go into, go into the greens in
1: Ypsilanti. Yes, go, go to the Mac Green. and Bewick in Detroit.
0: Yes. You know? Yes. Go to all of the areas and listen to the people because as a... As someone, as a president and a vice president, you are in office to help the people. That's what it's about. That is what everything is about. So if she doesn't listen to the people that have that black experience, that's where the problem is going to lie. Hence Donald Trump. It is her, it is her duty, whether she likes it or not, to be the black spokesperson at this point.
1: Cause that's why she was put in there. That's she why she put
0: in there because she is going to have black people will vote for Biden because he has a black running mate, just like black people voted for black and brown people voted for Obama because he is outwardly black, whether or not he had a black experience. Um, Cause right now in the way things are, who knows when someone that has an actual black experience that is darker skinned is going to be accepted it, as a, president of the United States, or a vice president, yeah. or any, basically anything with that much power, anyone with yeah, that power. Yeah, exactly. So, um, now, does she get it? I don't know if she gets it or not. I mean, she
1: had the whole story about Joe Biden when she was a little girl, and... The busing, the integrated busing, and blah blah blah. I
0: get yeah. that, but and during her childhood, she also said that you know she would be told that she couldn't play with children on the same street as her because of her skin color, because she was black. She uh, looks black to them, which I mean she is. But who told her
1: that? Her parents or the, the
0: parents of the parents of the children on the street that? Oh, she so they lived she on? lives on
1: the street with white folks. Yes. Okay, so she definitely don't get it. She didn't have a black experience for real, for real. Indian mama, Jamaica daddy, lived around and
0: amongst white people. I guess she could kind of get it because they were discriminated against a little bit. Yeah, she was discriminated against and it would automatically make for her parents to be discriminated against as well. Like, for instance, me. Although I am a fair-skinned brown person and my mother is white, when people see me, You know, and they look at my mom, oh, you have a half-black child, so you lay down with the black man. You know, they instantly, well, you're one of them. You know, they throw her in that box, too.
1: You're a nigger.
0: Yeah, basically. So, I I mean, and what exactly is the black experience?
1: I just said it. And a lot of it is being impoverished, under-resourced, under-educated in some cases, no high school diploma. Shout out to my cousin who got her high school diploma at 50. I'm so proud of you for doing that. That is amazing. That is,
0: that's amazing. Shout out to you, my cousin. Yes. Um, yeah. Impoverished. Underemployed. Underemployed. All of those things. Underrated. Do not solely blacklist it. But those things do not yes. solely make for the black experience because as soon as someone with black skin walks out into society, they're instantly going to be looked at as less than whether or not they, were, they come from an impoverished home.
1: I'm speaking about the systemic challenges that face us and... The, the systemic and societal challenges that face us at a larger number. Everybody's not having the same experience. Um, some people are having the experience that I just described, but not everybody. I
0: get that. But large, you know. by and large, yeah. Well, I don't think that she's ha- she has to have that experience to help. I don't know. Like you said, I guess, I guess okay. So I guess,
1: like you said, listening... That helps. Being able to listen, have an open ear, understand what the needs are of the people, and be able to say, okay, I get it, blah, 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 blah. But will she have the drive and a passion? Because I know that I think that women's rights are absolutely important. I do. But I'm not driven. I'm not passionate about it. You rarely hear me talk about women's rights, because I'm not a woman. I don't have a vag. And... I While I support the idea of women having the same equality, and if I were asked to help, I would, but if I'm going to do anything right now, it's for African Americans at large, which that group could include women, or LGBT people, that group could include women, but I'm not doing it for the purpose of women's rights. I'm not passionate about that, because it's not my passion, it's not my drive. LGBT rights, however... African-American rights, civil rights, however, I'm passionate about. So I'm more likely to do a show about it, more likely to post on social media about it, more likely to, in a non-COVID era, protest as well. But likely, unless I was invited by a female friend, I wouldn't be going out for for women rights. This is not something I'm passionate about. If she's never had that experience for herself, although the world identifies her as black, She had a slightly different experience than a lot of the rest of us, and I don't know that that's going to drive her to be passionate about doing what she needs to do above her own political goals and aspirations, because at the end of the day, we still need reparations. I want my debt paid off, and I want to have some extra money in the bank and have a house and some land and some things that I deserve to have. Um, And I'm not saying I can't work for it, but it takes a lot longer to work and take your time. I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm ready for something to be given to me Call it a handout. Don't give a fuck how you feel about it. I still want it. Some people say you want just a handout because you lazy black person. No, nope. I just a want Sam what's Bo. due to me. Yeah. Well, no, not a sandball. I don't think that's what they describe describing as. They describe it as more. Of, well, I guess lazy is sandball. Yeah, it is. Yes, so not
0: a savage.
1: So I feel like I don't know. I just really feel like she. Because like I said, when she was giving it, giving them the business when I first. Became exposed to her several months ago when she was in Senate, maybe a few year, couple of years ago, actually, when she was in Senate and questioning the Trump administration. I was like, yeah, give it to them. But then as she started doing this presidential runs, I, somewhere I became, that glow wore off for me for some reason. I just didn't see her as a good option for a presidential candidate. Don't know why. And then... Now, a vice president candidate, I'm trying to figure that part out. Yeah, I don't yeah. think she gets it. Now, I don't know that she's going to have the passion. Cause she might have some political goals she wants to attain. I'm sure she wants the presidency.
0: Yeah, Well, she's only going to be second chair anyways. Well, second chair is better than
1: whatever thousandth chair I'm in.
0: She has a seat at the
1: table. She has a seat at the table. But she is she, she going to use it? to? to, to that's, what I'm, that's my question. Is she going to really be using that to really make a difference? I don't know. We don't have to banter about it back and forth. No. You said your piece, I said mine. <laughs> I think that's plenty enough. If you have something you want to say about Kamala, because I would like to hear from you, we would like to hear from you, reach us at eatcornbreadandcaviar@gmail.com at gmail.com and follow our Instagram handle at eatcornbreadandcaviar. And now it is time for the positive vibe. This, was, this came from James, the first part, and I just added a little bit. But you are your best investment. That was where he added. I think that was fantastic. And what it created for me in my mind was as follows As we look for the investments to marry our monies to or to make it grow, we look for property, things, whatever to help us get through our lives every day. Um, It's important to remember that the single most important investment you can make is in yourself. This means that you have to be able to sit back and critically analyze yourself, breaking generational cycles and curses, break stereotypes, pull yourself out of what does or pull yourself out of any toxic places you are in, and spend most of your time investing in yourself. You, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> what does that look like, King Ramon? I'm glad you asked. That may be getting a traditional or non-traditional education that will give you the means by which to earn and actually make ends meet, which could mean like a trade. It could be a four-year traditional college degree, whatever. But doing something to educate yourself, lift yourself, and make yourself more marketable so you can get a job that actually lets your ends meet. Uh, Develop friendships that are conducive to a healthier and better you. Develop familial relationships that are healthy. Whatever it is that makes you better and adds value to your life is an investment in you. You are the best investment you can make. Don't depend on others. Others will fail you
0: every single time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Closing
1: comments, James?
0: Yes. um, Yes, you are your best investment. Yes, I've been asking everyone around me quite often what they are doing to invest in themselves. Yes, he has. I think it's great to hold your friends and your family and your loved ones accountable for the things that they say that they are going to do. A great support system is needed and a lot of people want it. As well. Um, So even if you are annoyed by my constant questions about what you're doing to help yourself, I don't care because I want everyone to win.
1: I don't appreciate you looking at me (laughs) when you say that. It wasn't Sade.
0: It wasn't any Sade. So don't don't take it as Sade. Um, Next, please vote, everyone. Please do your research. Take the time to look at all of the candidates when you're going out to the polls. Don't just... Go to get your sticker so you can post on social media and everyone's like, oh, you voted. Great job. Vote with knowledge about who you're voting for, why you're voting for them. If there's 10 people up for one thing, you better look into every single one of them motherfuckers and figure out who you want to vote for from there. Um, it's important that you do your research before you make these decisions because they will impact all of us down the road. So, Yes. And
1: we want to get rid of Donald fucking Trump.
0: Yes, please. I my did my God. best.
1: I think you should try it out. Get on the phone bank and make some calls. I did it. I did it for like two hours, three hours. Yeah. Um, three hours. I started early on my own. Yeah. So I was supposed to do it for two hours. I started a little early. And it was the worst three hours of my life. Yes. Calling person after person. And getting some people to hang up on me. One person said, I am not a Democrat, and hung up on me. I said, like, oh, I wish her address was on here so I can go to her house. She really made me angry. I don't mind you not being a Democrat, but don't be fucking rude, bitch. And You're so right. it was one of the worst things I did. I tried to help the Democratic Party by calling. And I don't even know that I'm completely identified as a Democrat. Definitely not identified as a Republican, but more of a moderate. I'm kind of in the middle because there's some things I agree with both, but I am most closely identified with the Democratic Party. But I was trying to do my part to help because there's not a moderate party. So I wanted to help the Democratic Party. And let me tell you something. I didn't like the cause. But you might. So do something. Go out and volunteer. Get on the the foot squad and go out there and knock on doors, whatever. I get so many text messages from these folks. And I shouldn't have signed up because now they're bothering me now. So anyway, um, yeah, get out there and vote and do your thing. Well, folks, it's me, King Ramon. It's James Brandon. Mm -hmm. we thank you for listening to us today. I think this was an interesting short topic because we needed to talk about Kamala because I'm still on the fence about Kamala. Also, I'm tired. So I don't want to have a long episode with this one. I wanted to make it short, sweet, and simple so we can talk about Kamala and we can make this a multi-episode situation because we will be coming back with more about stuff as it develops over the next several months. But you got to get your ass out there and vote. Your gift to me in November is to vote. My birthday is on November twenty-six, which is Thanksgiving Day this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your gift to me on November the 3rd should be to fucking vote. And I'd appreciate it. Please, folks, please, please, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share. It does not cost you one cent, just a little bit of time. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google. And Spotify. We're out here, so help us out and share us out. And of course, if you want to connect with us, follow us on Instagram. Our handle is Eat Cornbread and Caviar. It is managed by James. And if you want to catch up with us and send us a little message, you can do it through Instagram or our Gmail account, which is eat cornbread and caviar at gmail.com. I am your host, King Ramon. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on and you to King